Now's my shit together, is my shit together. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Long Road Pack, Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom out. We have Greg Pappas in the studio. We have Matt Byrne on the board. We have people calling in a little bit about this... Uh, Banking fiasco, uh, Greg. You ever, you ever seen as many, as many uh, as much news over a weekend as this weekend? What a weekend! In yeah. sports news too. Alabama really, really ran away with their tournament. I think twenty points. Yeah, the, the uh, business stuff just nuts. The uh, everybody we got Rutgers is out. I'm surprised North Carolina is out. Surprised. North Carolina got the shaft on that one. Yeah, they started. I, uh, I think that's the first time ever that a number one seed going into the uh, into the season gets eliminated oh yeah even yeah. 64 that's uh that's not good yeah they were number one to <laughs> going into the season um, well you know the uh, memory you were too young but the they had a Monday night football game Dandy Dan and Howard Cosell <coughs> and the uh, so at the end of the game was kind of a clunker game and there's a section with one guy sitting there in the full <laughs> Vietnam kind of outfit with a beard and a knit cap. He must have known he was on TV, and he flips him off. And Danny Don, Danny Don said, "I think Howard. He thinks his team is number one." <laughs> I'm not so sure that's what he meant, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, who are the, who are on the other side? Who are the ones in uh, Alabama, Houston, Purdue, Kansas? I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, some good basketball. In there. S&P futures up 19. Nasdaq futures up 123. We would never have guessed this. They were up. Uh-huh. Way more than that last night. Then they came back to unchanged. Now we're flying up again as we're trying to figure out what the federal government's going to do regarding these bank things. We're going to have uh, uh, Kevin calling in uh, on an unusual Monday show for him. I, he's he's out going to spring training games in Arizona, but he's calling in anyway because Kevin's our bank employee. And after he's uh, and after you're done with with him, <laughs> Biden's on TV talking. Yeah, we, well, about maybe we should have Biden as a guest. I think I'd rather have Kevin, but the. Uh, just saying. Come on, man. Yeah. I, uh, this is, when I read about it, Greg, it is one of the most incredible things. Well, yesterday I saw something from, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, what is it, the, the SVB? No, the, the Tyler Durbin writes a thing for the thing, something, Dispatch. Oh, Zero Hedge? Yeah. Yeah. But I got one Fair yesterday, point. and, uh, they brought up some stuff that, uh, they had just, I, I am, you know, oh. boy, oh boy, I don't want to become a, more of a conspiracy theorist than I already am. But. <laughs> the conspiracy theory, theories are real high. Well, let, let's, edge. Let's, start from, let's start from the beginning, and this is, uh, you know, what exactly happened? I mean, when you see uh, 2007, yeah. well, 2007, 2008, I mean, when you see a bank go under, inevitably, inevitably, it is uh, some commercial bank proper or some commercial uh you know, loans to, to you know to property or buildings or something. There's some issue with their balance sheet where loans become non-performing. They don't have enough capital, and usually. And the securities that are 
Well, you, know, you, don't, you don't really have... It, our, our banking system is not like Japan or Europe. I mean, stock in companies is not good capital. Obviously, uh, T-bills and things like that are, but it's we're, we're, not, we're not usually stock banks like, like Europe and Japan is. In Japan or in Europe, some of the banks own 80% of some of the big companies. Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't happen here. It's not good capital. <clears throat> so, in essence, our, our system is probably a little better, but make that a lot better. But the issue comes down to <coughs> usually the federal government steps in. And this happened in 2008, what, every weekend? The, uh, somebody came in, oh, man, uh, uh, Papa's Bank has uh, got issues with, uh, you know, they loaned all the money to brother-in-law Greg, you know, and, uh, and all of a sudden it's a non-performing loan, so the FDIC or whoever it is comes in. And now, and, and this may not be the way it is today, but when I learned this about this stuff, the large money center bank were regulated by the comptroller currency, national banks were uh, regulated by the Fed, and state banks were regulated by the FDIC. That's, that's the way. Now, that seems to have changed or it's blended, so I wouldn't take that to the, to the bank, no pun intended, today. But what ends up happening is then they come in and say, all right, th- but there's never been any, there usually is never an issue with the cash. With, with, you know, nobody, nobody even knows about it. Like on a weekend they say, okay, you were at Pappas Bank and now you're at uh, you know, the Burn Bank because the Burn Bank took over to Pappas Bank. You know, by the way, uh, the Fed ate you know, 15 of the bad, worst loans and all the money, <clears throat> the location, everything, your passbook, everything, your, your checkbooks are all still good. Well, strangely enough, in this one, they had too many safe securities, and it was the, the duration was the risk. So their duration risk was well, way okay, but mismatched. Look, but you're still further down the road. But no bank, I mean, if ever you watched It's a Wonderful Life, there used to be a 20% reserve requirement, not a risen even. But there, there is no bank, I don't care who you are, where the idea is for people to deposit their money, for the bank to give out loans to a certain extent and have enough money in, in, in reserve for normal day-to-day banking activities and maybe in case there's some kind of a minor crisis or something. But, but let me help you. If any bank, any bank, if you walked into J.P. Morgan and all of a sudden tomorrow morning everybody walked in and, and wrote a check for 10% of their, of their stuff, they don't have enough liquidity to, to give you the dough because just like George Bailey said in A Wonderful Life, your money's not here. It's in Joe's house. It's in Jane's house. Right. right? There's, and there's no, no bank that can, stay, can, can stay, uh, sustain a run. Now, these guys... <coughs> Most of the... I think it's the capitalization ratios are no, it, around 50. No, I'm saying that you're, you're, you're way too cerebral on this. Oh. The fact is they got $170 billion in, in deposits. 42 of them came out in an hour and a half. Yeah. No, I don't care who you are. You can't deal with that. You're not designed to deal with that, and and, and and it just first of all, I mean, it never happens except this time. Now the question is why? <laughs> now yes, now, now now of course when you come to liquidate stuff to get more money to pay out to people, what is your loan? Pro- you're, you're never going to li- be able to liquidate a commercial loan in an hour, are you? No, you would have you to. Know. That's like what two months or so to. Yeah. So so, but I'm saying you're. you're so the idea is, is in case this happens, the Fed is essentially the bank or the last resort. They're supposed to show up if the loan portfolio is good or not. So what, what if these guys' loan portfolio and everything was fine? They still couldn't be deal with it. No, there's no way. There's because no way. they had maybe, what, 30 of cash? Yeah, or, oh, I, no way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, they had 30 or so in cash, 
they I mean with 170 in deposits and the tier or tier one capital is supposed to be around 13 or 15. They have, they have they're, they're, they're compensating balances and those kinds of things. And plus these guys that's why these people had only 80, 87% of the money was not insured so it was over 250 grand. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happened is them, if, they, if they got you a loan of two billion dollars, they wanted you. You probably had to keep three hundred million live in the place. Yeah, and it's not marked to market. And really, the their uh, where they kept the money was, I think, ninety billion of it was in ten years. Yeah, and those that whole position got whacked over the past. Uh, I don't know what. It was very telegraphed by the Fed, but they still were unable to really prepare themselves. And the customers and the investors got wind of it a few weeks ago after they couldn't raise capital. But they I knew guess this was coming, and they tried to raise capital. They couldn't. That's when everybody started to panic, and that's when they But if they, if they were able to raise $2 billion last week... They still probably wouldn't have done wouldn't much. nothing. Right. So now, now, you're, now you're out of 42, $2 billion are okay. Yeah, but they couldn't even raise the two, right? Which is what set off the the run, if you will. And so their their portfolio, which is ninety billion of ten years, all paying one and a quarter percent, or you know, blend it. Who knows? Yeah. One and a half. That portfolio is down. Uh, what's the current ten year for? Uh, three, six. Well, it's no, three six now. Most yeah, it's three six. It was four a week ago. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys had a their biggest position was way underwater and so they shut these guys down. have uh, 212 billion in it now first let's start from the very beginning here because we're given a uh, banking 101 to the extent we can Greg when you when you go to a bank it's counterintuitive but the loans are your assets and the deposits are your liabilities correct yeah you owe your customers however much they have in their account right. that's a liability and the, and the loans you you give to people or your securities are your. Now these guys had. Uh, here's like what they had. They were in, eighteen. In this is according to uh, Zero Hedge, which you know their their facts are usually okay. Eighteenth uh, largest bank in the U.S., two hundred twelve billion in assets. Assets means securities and loans, not deposits. Of which one hundred twenty billion are securities, of which most of the fifty-seven billion are held to maturity mortgage-backed securities. And another ten billion are CMO collateral more collateralized mortgage obligations, and twenty twenty six billion are available for sale. Uh, some of that is federal stuff. Now, two things. There's a lot of things, Greg. You picked off the page that I didn't notice, but two things that I know. Two problems I see right out of the gate is one: this could happen to anybody. Why did it happen? I mean, this is a, this was a was it orchestrated? Who got the who got the nod first, and why didn't why wasn't the window shut down? I mean, alarms had to be going off all over the place. Alarms started to go off when they, the regulators looked at it okay, a, a, right, a couple weeks. Right, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is if, if for instance, <clears throat> um, you know, once in a while we get, you know, somebody closing an account, a PTI, <coughs> and people will, will want money out of their accounts for taxes or whatever. I mean, that's it's their money. There, but there's a, there's somewhat of a pace to it, Greg. If all of a sudden on t- this morning every customer wants their dough, well, you know what? At PTI, that's not a problem because the money's at RBC. They can all get their dough. Okay, so that's, that's not an issue. Um, Similar. It's, a, well, it's but required I mean, by law well, to have it one for one. Well, that's right. It's required. It's your money. But 
Um, I'm going to say that if, if if people have millions of dollars in all the different money market accounts at RBC, you go back to the 2008 fiasco. If everybody wanted to, because there's a there's a process to this. There's if every bank. I mean, I, I learned this in money and banking when I was a sophomore in college. For God's sake, every bank knows what their cash needs are, and I'm going to say that BMO Harris or PNC or Fifth Third, what would you guess? One to two percent is cash. When I say cash, cash and wires back and forth of the entire assets. That, that's probably high. If you had a day of like five percent, it means it was like Christmas and everybody's right. giving out Everybody, bonuses. Yeah. But when you start talking forty billion, was like twenty five percent. That that should have set off every alarm bell from here to the here to the, the ocean. And said, "What the hell's going on?" Regulators should notified, and and whatever. Um, so that's and the question is, why did that happen? Who who put out the word? Who did it benefit? Um, when benefits J.P. Morgan, right? Definitely, when you're systemically important versus a regional. Yeah, you know, that could be one attack vector that you could do. To them. Um, well, these guys, person, are, these guys are all over. One uh, person J.P. Morgan. who, who uh, is trying to, well. Uh, Peter Thiel in Miami and Founders Fund and all that. He he sent early. Um, he's been the bad guy kind of of, yep. of that particular uh, trade where he, he told all his portfolio companies, I don't want anybody in this bank. Get out. And then people started asking why, and then they did, and then it, it kind of became a cascading effect. Or, or at least that's kind of the first famous person to do it. Because Peter Thiel was such a... But he didn't just do it himself, he told everybody else. Right, he told his portfolio companies, said, I don't want you in this bank, open up different and transfer it all out. But they also had people that needed the money in there as part of a loan covenant, so if they moved there out, you could call the loan. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a big mess. Yeah. The the bad guy, supposedly, is people like Peter Thiel, David Sachs. uh, And possibly J.P. Morgan, as these guys are intimating. Yeah, it... It, it would benefit them greatly if <laughs> if a regional, uh, say top 20 versus top 5, folded up and they were able to pick the bones. Yeah. That would that would benefit J.P. Morgan. Not to mention it gets them off the front page on the Epstein stuff. <laughs> and the <laughs> changes the narrative about the Epstein stuff, which is good. But well, these are the guys that have the biggest, according to these guys, uh, USDC... Uh, which is a crypto stablecoin run by Circle. Silicon Bank is one of the six banking partners Circle uses for managing the 25% portion. These stablecoins are crypto things that uh, they try and peg to the dollar, right? And they supposedly have a dollar in reserve for every one. Yeah. And now those things, that's how, it, that's how people go back and forth on the crypto. They use the stablecoins, correct? Right. And there's I said the crypto, I'm not on the Bitcoin. different kinds of legal <coughs> well, and tax reasons. Roku, Roku had 26% of his cash. Four hundred eighty-seven million with this bank. BlockFi had two hundred twenty-seven million. Uh, Roblox had. Uh, yeah, they've got. They piled up. You know, yeah. they had big checking accounts yeah. at this bank, and they were all frozen out as of. Uh, well, some of them were payroll. Yeah, they they got frozen. I think on what Friday afternoon. But now, but I think if I'm a, if I'm any kind of a bank, I could ask myself, what what causes could it happen? Because this this is this is totally unlike anything we saw in two thousand eight. The only time I've ever seen anything like this was in the movie. You know what this was like most recently? FTX. 
<laughs> well, yeah. They, they closed up shop and nobody could get any money out. Well, but they weren't a they weren't a bank. Well, they were something. Well, you know, they were some kind of an, a, a half-assed exchange, which right. people believed were was real. But no, this is. But it's the same type of thing. You the run starts and you you get uh, caught. And this, how, you know, how how incestuous is this? The guy. Well, first of all, who, who are the people that are? Uh, it's unfair though to compare them. I mean, uh, SVB to someone like a broker dealer though, because they don't have to be one to one. You know, they're. Uh, broker dealers and in, in, in futures and such, where your customer segregated funds, those mm. those, those have to be one. The cash, the, ca- the your stock is yours. Hey, story. I'm not gonna say somebody disparaging about my industry, but uh, when we first started, the banks are like, you know, four to five. They've got one to five. It's it's they only have to have fifteen percent of their. It's not one to one. No, no, it's not one to one. I'm right. saying, but in in, the, in our business, SIPIC is what the same amount, right? Quarter SIPIC mil? is five hundred thousand insured, but you can't have more than two hundred and fifty in cash. Right, two fifty in cash. But but when we when we first started, and we, and we were well, we were at Mesero. If you brought an account of ten million bucks, Mesero would buy individual insurance for every individual account. And there were companies that were in that business. Okay, so. There was never any kind of an issue with anybody with cash. So, the uh, all of a sudden on one day, all those companies—well, there weren't very many—that were doing the insurance decided they weren't going to do it anymore. So, what happens at that point? Well, they had, they had never had a claim. So all those years, all they did was make money. They had never had a claim, huh? And yet they got out of business. So then what happened was Mesro would say, okay, we're going to go buy an extra $100 million or $200 million worth of insurance, but it probably didn't cover anybody, everybody's individual account to the extent that they should have, right? So, but still, there was never a problem. Well, now what happens is at RBC, if somebody drops $5 million in, in PTI, we, are, we, 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 don't, we recommend, and just about all our people are, there's a specific money market group at RBC where they will take... 250 and put it in five firms if you got a, a million 250. So will Lakeside Bank, by the way. Right. If you drop a million dollars in Lakeside and Bank. I think th- that's how Wintrust got. Uh, yeah. What they do is they move it around. So you're not. Uh, but, but if you have compensating balance, they're not going to move it around because they want the money there. Yeah. But we, the uh, the people, you wondered, this guy was on the board of the uh, uh, their whole C-suite. San Francisco Fed, right? Yeah, their whole C suite was. Uh, Involved in terrible organizations, and over the past, I want to say, ten years, the chief risk, the CEO, the but they were very uh, politically correct. Oh yeah, you know, they had to be. Have to be. They have to be very politically in, in Silicon Valley. So the chief administrative officer, I think, uh, Joseph Gentile, uh, CFO for Lehman Brothers. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, that that was the guy. Yeah, well, the lady here, Kim. Uh, <coughs> now again, this did not go down for risk. Now the other thing we'll talk, talk about well, this. The risk a, was they put all in one trade. They put all their eggs in one basket, and the one basket got knocked over big time. And then the public found out about it. Well, okay. So how many ten, twenty, thirty-year bills bonds were sold in two thousand and twenty through last year at one and a half percent? Every one of those things is is. 
25 or 30 percent cheaper today if you had to sell them tomorrow. Does that mean yeah, every insurance company, every state, uh, you know, state mutual f uh, pension theory, fund? They could have been dumping some of those, and, and they could have met every single probably. Uh, Not if you take that kind of. Plus, I don't think they mark them to market like you would no, your account. they don't mark them to market. Which is even more bizarre. Right. So, so, so the Treasury, which supposedly has a $8 billion balance sheet, is it really six? Eight trillion? Oh. If they try to sell tomorrow, if they try to sell tomorrow, who knows? You know. <laughs> so it's not. So is every. So is the entire country needs to take a thirty percent haircut on their stuff. Every insurance. So what happens if, if all these people croak? If an asteroid hits and ten million people croak, and these guys are going to sell the stuff to pay off their life insurance, they're not going to have any money. They print more of it. Oh God. SP <laughs> <laughs> futures up eleven. As if here's one nineteen. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. 
But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamal. Rick Pappas in the studio. we got Matt Byrne on the board. We've got the market all over the place. Bank's going under. The president's going to talk. We'll see what he says. What? I suppose he knows about banking. I tell you, whatever. SP Futures. Then we got Janet Yellen. The seven million dollar woman uh, going to tell then she's going to tell people we're not going to no taxpayer money is going to be used for this. But they're going to raise all the FDIC insurance. Who do you think pays that? Can, can we go an hour without these oh, people? Hold on, lines I are? got I got even better for you. I looked up over the break the uh, C suite CEO director at the San Francisco Fed. Yeah. CFO uh, former analyst at Freddie Mac. CAO chief Admin, uh, administrative officer is the former CFO of Lehman Brothers. And then finally, my favorite is the chief risk officer uh, led credit ratings in 2007, I think, for Deutsche Bank. Which he did 10 years at the Fed. And 10 years at the Fed earlier and does not have a business degree and does not have an MBA. No. Yeah. SP Futures up 5, Nasdaq Futures up 107. Uh, Dow Futures down 49 over in Europe. We've got the DAX down, down 343, 2.2%, so they're taking this seriously. Of course, we did Friday uh, later in the day. Uh, FTSE down 135, 1.7%. CAC around down 146, 2%. So this is a big deal. Just remember Friday, that was down 345, S&P down 56, NASDAQ down 199. So it was a 1.5% day across the board. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 311, that's 1.1%. Hang Seng's actually up. 376, almost 2%, 19,695. Shanghai up 38, 1.2%. We've got bonds uh, down uh, 15 basis points, 3.54. Now, these guys were, these are 10 year, they were over 4%. Was it Thursday morning uh, before all this started? Right, or Wednesday for sure. You know. Uh, the Bund uh, down 24 basis points, 2.25. Japan down 9 basis points, 0.3%. So, of course, people are convinced that the this is what the banks are doing to the Fed on purpose. So they're never going to raise any more rates. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Oil is uh, down a buck twenty-eight, seventy-five forty. Rent down a buck thirty, eighty-one forty-eight. Natural gas up two cents, two forty-five. Gold, on the other hand, is going the other way. Twenty-three bucks, eighteen ninety. As we're running the safe haven, gold and silver. Silver's up thirty-seven cents, twenty-eighty-eight. So my guys are going to have a really nice day here today. Um, we have the crypto up nine thirty-six after it been got hit on Friday. So Bitcoin's back to twenty-two thousand one thirty-one. Stuff is all over the place. We have the U.S. dollar is down a little bit, 106 uh, on the uh, on the pound, and we've got the um, I'm sorry, 106 on the Europe, 120 on the pound. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, an awful lot of stuff here. Oh, definitely. 
Well, good morning, everyone. Currently 6.37 a.m. on March 13th, 2023. Uh, weather this morning in Chicago, partly cloudy. Right now, 29 degrees and a high of What about the, we have Mr. Flanagan? Yes, you do, Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Jan, Jan, how are you? Good. Yourself? Okay, just, you know, walking our way through various and sundry bank failures and uh, didn't even talk about, <laughs> didn't even talk about the Monday morning, Tom. Yeah, just another, another happy Monday morning. Uh, and we have First Republic Bank today dropping 70%, leads decline in bank stocks despite government's backstop. All these other stocks were going down. We had Key Bank, all those guys. As a matter of fact, the the well, I'll give the name of the index here. KRE is a spider S and P regional regional banking uh, basket, and uh, I actually put a put a spread on in here very very cheap, thinking we we're going to bounce back in the next couple of weeks. Well, it's not bouncing this morning; it's bouncing the other way. Uh, actually, this morning I think I was probably up on the trade, but not, I only paid twenty cents for it. But that's still it's twenty yeah, cents. Just uh, give it a couple hours. It could, it could be the other way. <laughs> yeah. But then again, when you do these uh, little spreads, there was a guy I traded with in the OEX named Kenny Kelly. He said, it's one of those spreads, you know, just what you can lose and always lose it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only lose a dime, you lose a dime. Mr. Happy. Oh, yeah, Mr. Oh, yeah, he was not that. <laughs> That's pretty good. But he was, he was a good guy. J.P. Morgan, not down that much. Bank of America, Warren Buffett's uh, stock of choice got, what, down 4% or something? Yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, PNC who passed, uh, passed on... Some of the SVB portfolio, uh, they're down three, I think. Yeah, Jan, what? Uh, I know you've been getting all the stuff that I've been feeding you all weekend, and, and what? I mean, and you're not, you know, Mr. Bank Examiner or anything. I sure am not either. Uh, all, all I know is from what you know I've learned in, in school what's supposed to be happening here. I, I don't think I've ever. Kevin will know better. He's calling in, in about a half hour, but this idea of a ba- a, ba- a bank run—it's something out of the movie, for God's sake. I mean, I, most banks have a problem with their loan portfolio. The, the regulatory authority comes in, and, some, and, the, and the depositors don't even like know about it. And all of a sudden, you know, it'll be somebody else's bank the next day, and they move it over. And uh, they usually do, a, I won't say a great job, but they do a. That's what they do. I, I don't think something like this. They're they're not even watching for, it, are they? No, it's a, it's a confidence problem, and it always was. The word gets out that you know. Get your money now, or you'll wait, or you'll never get it. Um, that's what happens in you know, It's a Wonderful Life, which is, I think, what most people today know about bank runs, unless they have stories in their family, as, as I think you and I oh, yeah. do. But one thing I, I'm curious about, and I'd like your and Greg's take on it, because something changed between Friday and Sunday in the way this was being um, played out in the, in the press releases. Um, initially, as I understood it, the $250,000 cap on insured deposits was good, but everything above that, they said you'd have to take receivership certificates, which means you might wait a long time while they liquidate the bank or find a buyer, and you may never get 
you know, a dollar for dollar, whatever your deposits were. That's that's why we have insurance. And when you have deposits in excess of that, you're at risk. So but Bill Ackman was the one who said that. To, you know, to you know, backstopping accounts, which to me isn't the same thing as insured, but they want you to think it is. So can can you explain the distinction and why do you think they backtracked if they if indeed they did backtrack? Well, first of all, only eighty seven percent of the money at this bank was not insured. Right. Was over that number. And one of the one of the problems you have of inflation, you know, I'll get to my favorite topic here for a second. For most companies, two hundred and fifty grand is a pimp on the ass of an elephant. Right? Right. I mean I don't I can't recall for individuals, Chief. Yeah, I mean I, I can't well, okay, but uh, in theory, if I mean, what if General Motors has their payroll someplace? I mean, it's going to be more than two hundred and fifty grand, right? I mean, so I don't really. Rec- I think that somebody, somebody got nailed down in two thousand and eight, some small bank or whatever. I don't really recall. And again, it's off the top of my head. Kevin will know better. I I don't really recall any any deposit ever being lost, other than like maybe once or twice with a small bank, and eventually, and eventually, you got your dough. And if everybody thought. At the second, and I, I say Lakeside will go around and they'll, they'll spread the 250 around, same way we do at the RBC. If somebody drops five million here, you know, we'll, we'll spread it around a bunch of places with 250. But the uh, the point being is, people have to trust the banking system. You can't, I mean, you, if you can't drop a, you know, if, if you have a, uh, <coughs> you, you buy, you know, five million dollars worth of uh, transmissions from Germany. You can't put two fifty in there, send it. Put two fifty in there, send it. I mean, you either have confidence in the system or you don't, right? I mean, you, it, it's either sound or whatever. And the Fed is a, the Fed is the, the banker of last resort, and they're supposed to be monitoring this stuff. Now, you know, I could be a, a real ass here, and I think I will be. Hey, you work from friggin' home. Okay, how many people were actually? I mean, like I talked to Kevin yesterday morning early, every day. I mean, Kevin, I mean, it, it, you know, at PTI, we're a small firm. If all of a sudden by 7.05, my brother gets here at 7, you had 15 people saying, close my account, the first thing he'd say is, what's going on? Did somebody, somebody put pictures of us in jail? And, and, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you want, a Twitter thing or something? I mean, this should be recognized instantly. I mean, these, these, these wires are... F- a billion dollars here, four hundred million there. Four, that doesn't happen. How, how are people now? Now, Graham, my brother says, "What can you do?" Every time somebody goes in uh, and you know gets a big a big withdrawal of a bank, you can't close the bank down. Wondering why they did it. So yeah, I, I, I get that part. That having to actually make that call would be very difficult even for us. But I mean, Kevin says five minutes after the place opened, alarm bells had to be going off all over the place. I mean, forty billion dollars is a lot of money. To be pulled out, what was it three hours, Greg? Yeah, something like that. I mean, they so, were operationally <laughs> that you can't even do it that fast. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you suppose the bank? I mean, one of the ladies, uh, Jan, you never. Uh, this is before COVID. I used to, I used to, uh, you know, have a couple cocktails with the people from the Fed, and once in a while, some lady would come down and, from, and everybody looks at the Fed and you think the Fed is Jerome Powell. Well, it isn't. The Fed are, the, are mostly are the worker bees. Make sure all the checks go some places. That every every wire transfer gets where it's supposed to be. If people are doing stuff in Europe and currency transactions, they all settle at the same time. I mean, there's there's serious serious work going on there. And this lady comes down and she looked just like Chloe in the in uh, the 24 hour stuff. 
And I'll tell you what, if this lady, a dime didn't get out of the Fed here in Chicago without her knowing about it. You can't tell me that, that as smart as she is, and I was very impressed, that by two minutes after nine, she didn't know something was wrong with this bank. And, and, and the same people in San probably her, her, her correspondent in San Francisco, what do they do for five hours? And, and, and while, I mean, who are the people that wanted their money out? Who did, who did they know? You know, versus, I mean, who was the last person that got it out before they stopped it? I, I'm dying to, to find out all this stuff, and I'm sure we never will. I don't, is, Apparently, that, a, lot of, a lot of the depositors are Chinese venture capitalists, which makes me think that the SOS call came out, and that's why Biden was going on television today. It's not really to reassure people here, but it's to reassure people there what's going to happen. Well, you know, I, I also, John, somewhere along the line here is somebody who's a investment advisor and uh, and has all these tests and so forth. I I'm stunned. First of all, a, a a a bank can't be an investment bank at the same time. You can have you can you can have a even though we got rid of Glass Steagall, there's still some sort of a a, a barrier between. Don't the say two. it. Yeah, don't say supposed it. Supposed to be some kind of a. <laughs> don't say it. I was say, say Chinese You're, wall, but oh, I, don't <laughs> say it. But that's what they used to call. Them. But I mean, how how is it that this bank allegedly raised money for people, had had uh, got them the capital, and said had some sort of a a corresponding deposit problem thing and and money I, well I, they weren't doing the raising they, they'll provide loans based on like the warrants and, and equity okay but they weren't doing the raising the raising was coming from the people who were uh vc backed so if you get a check for 20 million dollars as like a seed investment you go to the svb and then you deposit it all at one time and then well i'm saying well how, how do you have a compensating balance on a and a capital raise that you're not supposed to do. Compensating balance, for those who don't know what compensating balance is, if Pullman used to have lines of credit at like all these different banks, and you didn't even draw them down. But say you had a, a line of credit of 20 million bucks. At, these weren't lines of credit. The, the venture was actual cash that right. was coming into SVB. But I'm saying the, the, the deposits were required because of uh, covenants in either the... I'm saying that normally they're covenants in the loan. If I lend you uh, five hundred million bucks, you got to keep twenty million in account. Yeah, that's that's a compensating balance on a loan. But it appears they had compensating balances on on capital raises. How do you how do you do that if you're a bank? Unless unless there's there's got to be a third party in there someplace. I'm dying to read all this stuff. I mean, I'm not. All I'm saying is these are the questions I have. How could you be involved? And plus, they had more. Then they do mortgages on all these guys' big houses too, right, Jen? Yeah. So they well, had you tied you know, up. It's one of these things. It's it's a very poorly understood operation, and yet it seems everybody involved with it seems seems to know exactly what it was for. But um, the average person, I think, is is surprised that something of this size could have gone on for so long without there being any kind of you know telegraphing of the news that this thing was teetering. Well, Jan, if they held if they held all these jumbo mortgages for all the big shots that worked at these places, the how much you and I talked about last Thursday? Didn't isn't the the property values and it hasn't happened here? We'll have Audrey on later. I mean, here it really hasn't happened at all. Maybe a little bit. Uh, what the, didn't we talk last week? Two point three trillion dollars in property value drops in that whole area. So oh yeah, that, that's that's been yeah. going on. That that's not that new a thing, really. All right, so they got that going on. They, they're down thirty percent on the U.S. on the the, the the U.S. bonds they bought. So I mean, these I mean a lot of bad stuff was happening to these guys. 
But still, it would, wouldn't be anything you would really know as a depositor. So now, Jan, in your mind, are you? do you think now that we should have... I, I, I for one, let's put it this way. If Jan Flanagan had a big account of PTI, and despite my best, my best advice, you went out and bought $5 million worth of 10-year notes... Two years ago, at one and a half percent, ninety billion. I'm, uh, you're, you're worth, you know, you're worth eighty-five now, right? Or no? I mean, yep. I'm saying, no. Well, if you if you bought a million bucks worth, you're worth. What do you think it's worth now? Eighty? Get a sum? Seventy-eight? Lucky? Something yeah. like that. So I mean, I'm going to listen to you. I would have done that. <laughs> but but I mean, you, but you're marked to market at PTI, and yep. over the ten-year span or twenty-year span, if you live that long, you're going to get your money back from the government. In the meantime, it's it's worth not that much because the interest rates are going up. But we, but we, we, RBC, will mark you to market every day. So when you get your, your, your sheets at the end of the month, you're going to say, "Gee, I just spent a million dollars for this stuff. It looks like it's worth nine hundred thousand. Where's my hundo?" You know, you, is what you're going to say. You'll get it back in ten years. <laughs> right, you'll get it back in ten years. But now, is every every insurance company that bought this stuff? Is every state that bought this stuff? What, what do you what do you suppose? The Fed's balance sheet looks like. We know exactly what it looks well, like. Well, it looks exactly what yeah. it looks But uh, here, here's, here's one that will really make you want to go to the bathroom or grab the barf bag. What do you suppose the European Central Bank balance sheet looks like? When they were buying stuff at negative interest, now it's now it's two and a half. Yeah. Oops. So they're buying stuff at like 120 and it's now 80? Yeah, they're they're a giant SVB. Yeah. But they'll say as long as we don't sell them. But somebody somewhere. Now, so now if every bank had to liquidate or every insurance company had to liquidate, nobody. No. Yeah, yeah we, we'd have a problem. We'd have serious problem. We got, we got more backstopping than we got, you know, printing presses for the money. This is this is what I, I, I'm really thinking, Tom. It's, you know, th- when they told people you'd get receivership certificates, that would be like the Depression-era bank runs when people waited 10, 15 years yeah, to get yeah. something. And they oh. didn't get everything back by any means. Almost oh, those people got nothing back. There was no insurance there. Right. But, but but even the ones that where you get a portion of it, this took forever to do. And, and in the meantime, we're fighting World War II. By then, people forgot they ever had an account at that bank. Well, if you if you didn't figure out by 1940 that you're not getting money from a bank that closed in 32, you're a slow learner. No, but there but there were unwinding still going on then. But this the, the paperwork mess. You know what what kind of certificates did this bank issue? What kind of promises were made? And they'd be constant. You know, reminders. I think. I think when Great Grandpa Flanagan showed up at the bank and the door hit him in the nose and he broke his nose, he had a feeling he wasn't getting his money. Oh, right. But you know, but a lot of it took you know whatever they were trying to do to keep the image of a, of a safe banking system afloat. They agreed to make payoffs to people later on. It's just like with the bonus army, you know, from World War One, you get a, a voucher that someday you'll get, get this money back. But of course, a lot of it never got paid at all. No. But that, that's what was promised on Friday. Is, and that's what I'm saying. That clearly didn't fly at all. And all of a sudden, that you have I haven't heard the word receiver, receivership or receivership certificates since Friday afternoon. Well, now now what they're saying, uh, I think, John, this is as of last night, because like you say, it's changing by the hour, that they're going to make everybody whole. Uh, they, meaning SIPIC, uh, SIPIC, uh, FDIC. FDIC is, is going to make everybody whole without taxpayer money, and they claim there's $100 billion in FDIC. So there's enough money in there, which means to replenish. And they have the credit line from the Treasury. Right. But so, so, to, so to replenish that, they're going to raise the FDIC insurance rates to all the remainder banks that didn't do anything. And now, so they're going to say, well, they're going to say that that's not taxpayer money, but 
that now all of a sudden your bank is paying more for your deposit, I'm thinking it's going to come out of your interest if you get any. Of course. Of course. And Tom, you know, when they said that the funds would be available for insured accounts, you know, at 9 o'clock on Monday morning, they were clearly making the point that uninsured deposits were not going to be payable at that time and may not be payable for some time. But when they say now that they've got these you know, credit lines to back it up, does that mean that you can go in and withdraw everything? Today? Uh, from what I've been reading today, the answer is supposed to be yes. Did anybody's, yeah, well, anybody, that, that anybody's payroll anybody's payroll that didn't go out Friday should probably go out today or tomorrow. That's what I'm reading, right, Greg? Is that my right with that? Correct. Yeah. But now the interesting part is they paid big bonuses two days before this happened. Probably saw that or not. Yeah. And, you know, the ones paying the bonuses and the ones receiving the bonuses surely knew what was going on. Well, it, but to their, to their, I won't say credit, to their defense, these were bonuses from 2022, and it takes them this long, and they're traditionally been paid the second Friday in March, right? So it's not like they haven't been in the hopper, like, forever. But how did somebody on mo- Friday morning go? The guy go, sold $3.5 million. Well, then, yeah, your to, buddy, yeah. The, the chairman. He got booted yeah. off the the, the, the uh, San Francisco Fed on Friday morning, didn't he, Jen? Oh, so yeah. here's, the, uh, here's the number on the total deposits in the U.S. banking system. It's somewhere around $20 trillion. Yeah. So number. now the FDIC is going to have zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the deposits are $20 trillion. But this is, this is all... This is all politics. I mean, when you talk about, I mean, if you ever want to get somebody riled up, and he doesn't rile up very easy, my, talk to my brother about Bernie Madoff. Yeesh. Because those people essentially went outside the system. Those were hedge, those were hedge funds, and they, and they were designed to be outside the system. They were not going to be regulated. People didn't want to be regulated. So there was, no, there was no SIPC on these people. So all of a sudden, you know, they'd go to the country club, and Bernie would tell them. And the weird part was, Everybody who was a, this is probably a little too much, but everybody who was a, was a uh, depositor in Bernie, when everybody else is making five percent and he's making twenty, you sit there and go, you scratch your head. How do you do that? I mean, I like to think that I'm I think we better at this I than most. I think we know how. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I like to think I'm better at this than most. But I mean, that you're not promising anybody. And if you did, that'd be your best year ever, and you'd you'd wonder if you ever gonna have one like that again, you know, type of thing. I mean, unless you're doing crazy stuff, I'm, I'm you know, guessing. It's less likely that he's Warren Buffett, and more likely yeah. that he's. Uh, well, but if everybody, I mean, think of it as everybody knew Bernie. Had, Bernie had an angle, you know. Bernie had an. Bernie had a pigeon. Yeah, a pigeon was them, <laughs> right, Jen? I mean, they thought of, that's the same with Bankman Fried too. Yeah. Sam, well, in, in, in the beginning, he was he was pretty darn bright because he he, he recognized that this Bitcoin uh, was usually bid higher in, in South Korea than it was in Europe. So every day he found a way to clear it, which is always the problem, the counterparty risk. He found a way to clear it where he could, he could buy the stuff in Europe and sell it in Korea on a daily basis without the counterparty risk somehow, didn't he, Greg? Everything was good yeah, until he let his girlfriend start trading. Well, then all of a sudden they, <laughs> they, they moved yourself into other people's money, this other and that. Other people's money yeah. and, and backstopping the hedge fund yeah. with the exchange money. Yeah. You know, once you, once you, he wasn't happy with a million dollars a day. I mean, the better, right? The the better. It was actually safe if Sam Bankman-Fried had done what SVB did and just dumped it into Treasuries. That would have said a lot more about well, his. Mean, uh, I mean, uh, the guy a lot made, more faith with the guy investors. Was, he was in that business. He saw the opportunity and he was a genius. And then he, to make that dough, anybody else could have done that. 
I mean, yeah. we could have. We didn't. We, but all of a sudden, then he goes, no, that's not good enough. Now i got to do all this other stuff. And that's, well, he got greedy and started yeah. looting a customer's accounts. You know, just, Dan, and you that, and I, that's, that was a Ponzi scheme. Maybe he had a, le- a legit way of making money for a while. But after a while, it just turned into a scheme like anything else with the, that Madoff did. So, How about if I, I, if I made a million dollars a day for like 30 days, why don't I just get Audrey to buy some really nice properties all around the world for me? You, you two guys could go over and manage them a little bit, Jan. You could, you could do all the closings. Everybody be happy, and at the end of the day... No, he probably made $3 million. I mean, they they were... In Alameda, had more than... Uh, well, I'm, I'm talking about when when they were actually doing the ARP. Oh. That they were making a million dollars yeah. on some of the days. I, I think I'd just be happy sitting there going, you know what, Chief, no matter what you do, you're going to have... That's not how human w- humans work, Chief. No. Uh, that just wasn't enough. <laughs> I don't know, maybe... Uh, so see now, Greg. You know, Greg has a problem. Did you read this weekend? I mean, you and I maybe do if we're if we're uh, if we if we you know stick to the spinach and so forth. You see, around two thousand and forty six, some uh, some big meteors going to hit the Earth. They think they found one yeah. coming right at us. What, what year is that again? Two thousand. You're gonna be. You'll be here, Matt. I'm gonna put it on my calendar. Yeah. Eighty one. What was it again? Two thousand and forty six. You'll be in your mid forties. You'll be a multimillionaire. Everything's gonna hit you right in the head. Talk about a midlife. I'll be in my Olivet Cemetery. Time. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it lands on your grave. Oh man. <laughs> kicks up a bunch of people. <laughs> kicks up a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a Monday morning now. <laughs> Monday, Monday. Where, where's Mama Castle? We need her for God's sake. The uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, what, so what does it do? We'll, we'll get this estimate from Kevin after the break. But I, I mean, you you hang on, Jack, because I want you on as well. What? Uh, what what do you think? I mean, boy, this is a long way from my money and banking classes. Uh, Donello was the guy. What a great professor at Notre Dame. What do you suppose the average bank can handle on any given day people showing up and dragging money out? I'm going to say it's a problem if it's over 5%. They know. I think if it gets to 3 or 4%, they got you know a lot of nervous people, and they're monitoring it very carefully, as they should. Because they're not they're not designed to you know have people come in and clean them out of ten percent of their holdings, even though that's what their deposit agreements may say can happen. Um, that isn't how banking can function. It's on based on the confidence that the money will be there tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. And if everybody took it out today, there's no bank in the world that can survive. But but banks survive because people don't want their money all right. at once. Because they find the bank banking system to be corrupt. Well, I mean, what do you suppose? And uh, if you walked on Armitage. And there's three or four or five of these little storefront banks. How much cash do you think they have? If I had to, if I had to pay a roofer in cash, not that I ever would, they went there and got wanted to get ten grand. Do you think they have it? No, I doubt if they have it. You know, at home or maybe in, in one bank either. I gotta believe in the downtown. It. Yeah, they, they've got it. They just would file a suspicious activity no, sorry, report. I don't think when, they, <laughs> one, of my, one, one of my family members was telling me they had a. Got to pay a roofer like fifteen hundred bucks, and the, the local shopping center storefront bank didn't have it. Yikes! Well, it's not maybe like, you want to leave that bank. Well, but you're, but you're, you're. You see, Greg is one of these guys that's got a very narrow view. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Harris Bank and the Board of Trade Building, which is now gone, those guys had more cash than anybody. Because look at the that place on Christmas. It was like a casino, the amount of money that flew yeah. out of that place. It should it, have been in the vault. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, so, by the way, the yeah, Burling Bank... Every ATM now, Tom, has restrictions, you know, caps on the amount you can withdraw. And the yeah. We didn't even talk about the shooting at Fifth Third on Friday. Well, Dan, we're going to be right back here. Uh, SP Futures up 7, NASA Futures up 109. We're all over the place. 
We should have Kevin if Matt can get him in on the Zoom. By the way, Jen, you sound great on the Zoom. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Ba-da.
Welcome back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Tom Howell. The great campus of studio. We got John Flanagan on the Zoom. Do we have Kevin as well? You do. So, Kevin, uh, you and John are much older than me. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me any one of us who didn't have an absolute crush on the other lady in the Mamas and the Pops. What was her name? She just died. Michelle, Michelle Phillips? Yeah. You know, Michelle Phillips showed up in a uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode as an older woman. Really? Yeah, yeah she still looked really good. <laughs> of course, she had the perfect foil to stand next to in Mama Cass. Right? Yeah, I, I, she would have looked good standing on her head. Yep, she certainly would have. And uh, Mama Cass had one hell of a voice. Was she a, was she a four-octave person? There's only been a few of those. She had a great low range and a great high range. But, you know, she could cover a big span, and she, they were good solid notes too. I mean, the only two that I can think of, and there's probably more, would be Aretha Franklin and uh, what's her name? Mariah uh, Carey. Yeah, I mean, uh, who's the? Yeah, uh, Whitney Houston. No, the, the Jewish lady. Uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Karen Carpenter did too. It, but it's so rare, though, isn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 an awesome musical instrument if you can pull it off. So I had like a one note voice. That's why in fourth grade I was excused from the choir, and uh, and to this day I'm traumatized. You know, type of thing. <laughs> you know, they didn't have any psychologists back in those days in fourth grade. You just had to work your way through it somehow. And they told you that you had a good voice for the choir. Yeah. A good voice to be buried underneath layers and layers. No, they wouldn't even let me in the room. Yeah. So, Kevin, uh, we've been talking around a bunch of stuff, and since you're the man, what is, in all you, all your days at your banks, if you could guess, what's the most money people ever took out on a normal day? Was it two percent? Was it like Christmas or something? Oh, uh, yeah, tops. I mean, the uh, the only the only thing I can think of is that uh, the people who were st- uh, 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 stocking up on cash thinking that Y2K was going to be the banking apocalypse. Oh, yeah, I remember, well, I remember that. And, uh, you know, that uh, I was at a bank in Milwaukee at the time, and we, like everybody else, had spent the prior two months uh, stocking cash in case people came in looking for it. Uh, our strategy was we had 40 branches, and I think we set up, you know, six or eight of them, so I can't remember the exact number, that would have a lot of cash in their vaults. And so if anybody came in and asked for more cash than we could give them at, at any given time, uh, we would send them to one of those branches and say, you can go over here and get all the cash you want. I'm going to talk about memory. I'm going to say that we had a, a place we used to rent down in uh, Michigan City, and Dr. J rented the place next door. And we had about a... It was, I remember Y2K that night on New Year's Eve was actually like 45 degrees which is unbelievable for that time of the year. So we actually had a, a huge party down there. I cooked for like 35 people. And we had, so we say, copious amounts of alcohol and maybe some other stuff that other people had, not me. But uh, I'm going to say the amount of money that was in the building in people's pockets as they're walking around the deck trashed. I, I, had, I had several G. I, I mean, a lot of everybody did, didn't they? I, mean, I didn't. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Now, I did spend New Year's Eve uh, with a, a lot of people um, from my team, and I, it, I had a team throughout the, the entire bank, um, and I spent New Year's Eve, uh, you know, driving around, trying ATMs, um, 
you know, testing out debit cards. We had people, you know, blanketing it, trying to uh, uh, do transactions just to make sure it was part of our diligence. Um, but really, I, I treated the project because, you know, I, I didn't believe it. I, what I believed was what happened, um, that there was a lot of effort that went into remediation. There might be some little things flare up. Um, but I took it as the opportunity to do the disaster plan for the entire bank um, and make sure that, you know, we were protected, not just from um, any kind of uh, computer systems failure, but from fire and flood and, you know, you name it, and anything that could go wrong. Uh, anything short of dropping a nuclear bomb in the area, at which point we really wouldn't care much about whether the bank was open. Well, you know, your, your name, your ears were burning last night. I was at my brother's. Of course, whenever you talk to your brother, you're always more of a debate than a conversation. But, but, but Dan's... Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but my Dan's question, actually for you, because I told him you were going to be on today, is, okay, this it's it's five after nine, and you know you got a problem. This money's filing out of the place. What what can you do about it? I mean, he he, he says if you close the place at ten after nine, you're never coming back from that. I mean, what when do you decide you have to do something? I mean, even though you recognize it right away, what do you do? I mean, it has it hasn't happened since the movie, for God's sake. I mean. I mean, I, I, I'm sure people noticed it, but w- when do you pull the plug, or can you? Or well, you, you, you might be able to limit the amount of money that can outflow. Um, they, you know, I have been away from this from the operations standpoint since oh, maybe 2005 or six, something like that. So I don't know what procedurally they do today, but I, I, I do know that. If you had, for instance, a lot of the deposits you mentioned that were, they were compensating balances for loan terms, but in addition to that, a lot of these loans uh, that they wrote had covenants that the um, Silicon Valley Bank would be the exclusive bank of the uh, of the client. So they they weren't allowed to put their money elsewhere anyway. Um, so. You know, I, I suppose you could try to enforce the loan covenants as long as the people who were doing wire, you know, wiring money out of the bank, knew to check the loan covenants to make sure it was okay. And you could say, you know, sorry, you can't do it. You have a loan covenant. You have to satisfy the loan first. Well, could um, could you, without wrecking your your reputation forever, at six minutes after nine, say, wait a minute, we're not, nobody's getting more than a hundred thousand out of here until we figure out what's going on. I, I think you could cause problems. Let's let's sort of back up because yeah. uh, let, let's back up the train and walk through what happened. This is what best I've been able to tell over over the weekend. One is that they, the the banks are tested for a str- what's called a stressed outflow. And uh, by the way, Kevin, we just dropped forty points in the S and P. We're down eighteen now. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, this is not. You mean you mean the president going on TV is not going to instill confidence oh, in the financial God, no. system? No. No. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I just hope he doesn't you know start babbling you know like he's been known to do at times. Well, I, my, you know, my, my, that would be really bad on a confidence uh, inducing. Well, I got all my Dow stocks in a. In a a big stack here. They just went from like half and half to a sea of red here. What you guys don't see is Chief firing away uh, orders on the uh, terminal here. Yeah, fire, <laughs> south, south, <laughs> south. <laughs> Where is Beaks anyway? Um, but th- they appeared ready to. A stressed outflow would be, uh, you know, some large clients pulling down on their credit lines all at once, or a few big depositors pulling out. A uh, lo- uh, portion of loans all of a sudden becoming non-performing. Not you know it's not a full-on run. So as you said earlier in the show, it, it is not uh, 
you know, you, you can't you can't plan for a run. Um, well, I suppose you can, but it's it's not going to do you much good when there's a full-on run. So they, you know, they were prepared to lose some, um, and so what they did is they made an announcement that they were liquidating some of the uh, for-sale security portfolio for to get some extra liquidity, do some rebalancing to capture high, higher-yielding instruments, and offset what they were paying in interest deposits because they've been started. They started to ratchet up their uh, what they were paying on, on deposit accounts a little, not a lot. Um, and to stay in compliance for their capital, they were trying to raise $2 billion to cover the loss they realized from the sale. And so that was going to be, you know, uh, $2 million, uh, billion in investments. And that wasn't all executed smoothly, um, but compared to having $175 billion in deposits, the $2 billion in capital is not, it didn't seem like it would be a big deal. Uh, uh, wrong. <laughs> it, it, apparently, it is. Well, timing is uh, everything. Timing. I mean, if, if I would say that, Kevin, just just the, the message would be, hey, we, we told you we had all these government securities. By the way, we just had a sell and we took a three billion dollar hit. How about coming up with three billion? That's that's a head scratcher for most people. Even though, what do they what do they think the value of the stuff is on people's accounts from two thousand and twenty? If you think about it for a second. And most people don't. They're not in the industry like me. I mean, I when, when people were buying them, I go, "What are you going to do with this stuff five years from now when it's marked at seventy? Well, yeah. Duh. So, so that was clearly you're right, Tom. That was clearly a, a, an issue that uh, that this bank made, and I am I, I would suspect very strongly that oh, you know, <laughs> eighty ninety percent of the banks in the world have made. Uh, and so this is this is what worries me about the whole thing. Um, so at any rate, um, the, the thing that's different this time is we're in this more connected social media world. So for word to spread even 10 years ago, um, for word to spread like it did last week, is, 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 is there's no contest in which one happens. So, you know, you hear people, you know, uh, you know, say, it's it's like in minutes the 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 world is in a panic on this and yep. people are starting to pull their money out, um, and you know what you're doing when you pull the money out is if you're violating a loan covenant, well the bank's going to call the loan. Yeah, how long do you think that's going to take? The money's gone. Yeah, the money's out, and you know you can go call the loan. You know how how long do they have to pay it? You know whatever it is, it isn't right now. And um, and so the, you have that problem. And I, I think with a lot of these companies that had the covenants that said you have you can only bank with us exclusively, they realized what a problem that was. And you know, it, it is it, certainly with hindsight, but I would I would like to think that if I were looking at that kind of a covenant in the first place, I would be saying, boy, I'm putting a lot of eggs in that one basket. Well, especially if you get your mortgage from the guy too. You seem yeah. to have an awful lot of money oh, in mortgages. Hey, I don't care. I, I don't care. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a mortgage borrower, borrower, I don't care what happens to the bank as long as you know, as long as I know who to pay every month, so I don't default on the mortgage. I don't care about that. Uh, and and that's you know that's pretty typical too, though that they'll give favorable mortgage rates to uh, uh, cu- customers of huge or uh, executives from huge uh, business uh, depositors or de- uh, de- business uh, clients. And so, you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time, too. Um, it, it's, it's more likely, though, that 
you know that you just had a lot of companies sitting here saying holy crap what's going on there the money's starting to flow out i better and it becomes kind of a feeding frenzy because every, nobody wants to be the last one left does that out of out of 120 billion of securities now these are assets i tried i mentioned earlier kevin and for those that don't know uh deposits are liabilities to banks and loans are assets it's a little bit different than what you might think uh, at, at first blush, but when you think about it, it makes all the sense oh, sure. in the world. You know, when somebody makes a deposit, the bank owes the depositor the money on demand or at some time in the future. So that makes it a liability to the bank. It's what you owe. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, just like a, a, an accounts receivable is an asset, because uh, I sent, you know, I sent Tom Howe a bill for uh, painting his house. Yeah, good luck, with that. good luck with That's that. Good luck with that. Yeah, you think it is. Good luck with that. Tom, well, we were talking about It's a Wonderful Life earlier. Another Frank Capra movie, uh, same director, but earlier, called American Madness. I think it's from 1932 or 33, during the whole you know, financial crisis when banks were failing you know, every day. But it's got Walter Houston, Pat O'Brien, wonderful cast, but, but the, a bank run is the climactic thing in the movie, and it's about a bank president. So the whole thing, I think, was designed as a propaganda piece to instill confidence in moviegoers that the banking system had really good people at the top, and yes, times were tough, but we got to sweat this out. And it's, there's a, a wonderful montage in there when word gets out about the bank's supposed instability, and you just see telephone, you know, millisecond telephone calls, one person to the other to the other as word gets around. And really, within minutes, you got a line of people out in front waiting for their money, Today it happens even faster, as Kevin oh, yeah. was saying, and it's happening in Singapore at the same time it's happening here. So um, you you can't really contain this. I can't even contain it in my imagination to, to imagine how stress this, how much stress is put on everything everywhere within minutes. Well, what do you and think about the the, the, the signature bank? I mean, Bo, the Bodie is the, the Bodie is Kevin first. Uh, what do you think the signature bank going out the same day? How connected is this stuff? Signature Bank's a big crypto lender bank. You know, they're they're in New York, so the Fed shut them down on Friday too. So we're talking about three in three days. Who was the first? The first guys were who? Greg? It was uh, um, the first bank that went under like on Wednesday or Thursday. It was another oh, crypto. Silver, um, yeah, Sil- Silvergate. Yeah, Silvergate. Silvergate. So now we're talking about three of them. I mean, I, I guess Kevin, how how linked together is everybody at this point? Well, I I don't. <laughs> I'm not saying there isn't a linkage between those three, but there because there I'm sure there could be, but I don't see it at this point. Yeah, I don't each either. one of them each one of their uh, troubles stands on its own merits. So you know that that's just the way I see it at this point if 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 something else comes out about them doing a lot of uh, trading with each other. Uh, but I don't think the uh, um, Silicon Valley is, you know, other than maybe uh, uh, maybe funding some crypto on- entrepreneurs, um, I-, I don't think it's really tied to cryptocurrencies. Otherwise, and, well, these uh, dudes have fifty-seven, fifty-seven point seven billion are in held to maturity mortgage-backed securities. Another ten point five are CMO. John, you're you're are, are, uh, in in that area, not here, in that area where they've lost allegedly all these. I'm not saying all these things were bought at the top, but what do you suppose? In the again, they, I don't know. They, they could be in Boston, but I'm thinking most of the loans, let's say uh, some of the loans at least, are in that San Francisco Silicon Valley area. So, 
if you had a I use the term from the trading floor if you had a puke out this $58 billion in mortgage securities today, what do you suppose the bid is? Oh my god. Well, and consider all 45. the other... <laughs> what do you think, 40, Kevin? 45? I said 25. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be talking us off the ledge. He just put us back on the ledge with that one. Well, and, and, and here's the thing now. So let's Monday morning quarterback this a little bit. If they if they were going to convert a lot of this to, uh, you know, to something with, that is a more current type of interest rate, as, as we look back, might it have been wiser to do it in small bites? Yeah, that's the duration risk we were talking about earlier. Just giant, giant uh, swing and a miss. They put yeah. too much money in the tenure. To, and, you know, some people think that it was the Fed encouraging them to do Well, that. somebody had to buy it. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. But if you're going to rebalance the portfolio, let's, let's say, let, let's go on a three-month plan or a six-month plan to rebalance the portfolio. Unless there's some kind of an emergency situation, um, you know, that would seem to be a little bit more prudent and you know in in if nothing else for the sake of shareholders who might get panicky which was part of the problem here um uh and because you don't want your shareholders to start saying oh god the uh, the uh, they're going to dilute the val- uh, value of the stock and therefore uh, i want to get out now before it's diluted any further um so you know if if you if you do it on if you build yourself a glide path rather than uh, uh, taking the big hit all at once and and banks are you know banks and lots of companies are like this when they have to take a hit they like to take a hit all at once and accrue everything and take a bad quarter's earnings and then get back going that you know they they all love that Isn't and you could reason? probably do you could probably do that from an accounting standpoint by saying we're setting aside all of this uh, uh, money for uh, f- uh, for future losses and we're planning to do that over the next uh, six months, um, you know you could do that. Um, just they do that with uh, mass layoffs all the time. They say all the all the costs related to it, the severance and and everything related to it. We're we're going to do this over the next three months. We're going to do you know, but uh, but we're taking we're accruing all the expenses now. They could have done that and still handled the cash part of it. On a uh, uh, on a longer term basis, and that probably would have saved a lot of grief for everybody. Well, that's the thing, Kevin. I don't think a lot of people. It's not intuitive that your cash situation in a bank can be totally different than your equity. Read Japanese banks that are technically insolvent, but yet they've been functioning just fine for thirty years, right? I mean, people come and go, and they make their deposits, they take their stuff out. There's never a run on one of them. But by the way, if you Isn't look at this, the whole reason, like you can buy different durations of government security, well, like can't you go one year, five year, ten year, and do whatever? Well, and yeah, you, but but you the, can't just oh, drop yeah, it all into one duration. But the point, right, they're supposed to match, you know, match the the investment portfolio with the uh, um, the asset portfolio. You know, so if if you have if you have to fund short term loans, you you fund it, you know, as much as you can with short term. Uh, investments uh, or, or short, you know, I mean, really, it's this is you know it managing the, the interest rate me. gap is what know. they're doing, and and when you get gapped out, you know, far far out where the uh, um, you know what you have coming in and and what you have going out are way off for eighty billion dollars. Yeah, yeah but you guys, you guys are forgetting. Eighteen months ago, Rick Santelli's sitting out there talking about the thirty-year band. At, at, or the ten-year band at one and a half percent was three times subscribed. Somebody bought this crap. Yeah, yeah, it was them. Wasn't yeah, well, it? so John, you see how 
our, our two friends here are becoming cerebral on us. Kevin's talking about we should rebalance the portfolio. What that means for the rest of us nerds from the south side, that means Kevin's going to walk into a board meeting and say, remember those federal 10-year notes or 10-year bonds I bought uh, a year and a half ago? I just took a 20% hit on them. We just lost $100 million bucks. I don't think Kevin comes into that meeting and says that without people throwing stuff at him. Do you? Well, I, I, don't, I go into that meeting. I don't necessarily come out. Yes. <laughs> no, you, if you're smart, you don't even get into that problem because you're – your uh, bonds that are rolling off or whatever. If somebody drops $10 billion Notice, a year... Here, here's another guy. Uh-oh. I, I love him. Here's another guy. It was 18 months ago. People thought we were never going to see interest rates more than one. I'm saying these things were triple subscribed. What else were you going to buy? How many insurance companies just routinely buy 10-year, 30-year stuff? That's what they do. I, I, they're loaded on their, on their books with this stuff. Well, How could you not be? Well, and th- this is part of the problem with uh, all, all the people who are, um, you know, doing happy talk, and, and I'm not just talking about the CNBC people doing happy talk or anybody else, that you have, you know, pundits everywhere, government officials everywhere, and they're not giving realistic uh, uh, pictures of the economy and where it's headed, and uh, so that's the guidance that a lot of people work from. Now, you like to think that there are independent thinkers that are managing the treasury function of significant sized banks. <laughs> Who are going to look at it? But they're, you know, the fact is they're not. And so they're working you, from if, home. If you buy the BS, then uh, then away you go. And I, Tom, yeah, I get what you're saying about working from home. Uh, working from home gets you away from collaboration, and collaboration right. is one of the uh, one of the ways to um, uh, to avoid the groupthink that's going on. Um, but in general, I don't know that uh, it's working from home. It's just it's listening to the BS that got it. I don't th- but here I'm looking at the Federal Reserve balance sheet in uh, December of, where are we here? March of 2020 was $4 trillion. Now it got up to 8.9, and now it's down to you know 8.6 or something, 8.5, 8.4 actually. It was down a little bit. Um, how many of the how many of the bonds and mortgages on this thing? I guess I'll ask us uh, since Mr. Flanagan, Jan, if they had a fire sale here today, what's this worth? Jeez, Tom, is it all coming out at once? Yeah. How how much of this stuff is is mortgages at three percent, and how much of it is is Treasury stuff at uh, at one and a half? It's got to be two trillion of it. In the whole that entire time, they went up. $5 trillion in the same two years that the rates were like next to zero. So half of it has to be stuff at ridiculous price, ridiculously low prices. Right. And I, I'm going to say that for that $5 trillion, they'd be lucky to get, I'll be, I'll be charitable and say they get four, Greg, maybe. Yeah, Greg that's sh- optimistic. I Greg's shaking his head like, his, like it's going to shake it off here. <laughs> and not up and down either. <laughs> I'm a, somebody, I mean, I'm, so I guess, Kevin, the only thing we can do, we've got to somehow outweigh it or out, 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 outrun it. You know, we just have to make sure that we hang together for a year or two or five, and all of a sudden these problems dissipate. But if they don't, I think we've got issues. But everybody's hoping nobody has to move. What did Nancy say last week? 80% of uh, mortgages are under 4%? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if, if 50% of the people lose their job and have to move, uh, we got a problem. 
If you don't, and everybody stays working, and you raise the kids, and they go to the grammar school you expect them to, 10 years from now, we don't have a problem, right? That's what George Bailey says. So let's, let's keep our heads here. You know, it's all bowed <laughs> down. What do you say? We still have two bucks? We feel like we're rich or something? Yeah, like we, 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 as long as we stay open until you know, closing time. And they, they take that kids. two bucks, yeah. they want to have it propagate another 20, you know. <laughs> at least at least, maybe we don't have to worry about the asteroid, you know. So Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the, the one, there, there is a lesson here, and that, that is that the ability in, in, in this information age, and where we are right now with the technology, better get uh, the Fed, the regulators, the banks themselves, thinking, rethinking how they would define um, a stressful situation for them. Uh, because it isn't just a couple now a couple of large depositors leaving the bank and that going being public on social media uh, can can easily start what we saw last week so I, I think that's part of it they, they really have to look into that the other thing is that the general financial illiteracy of people and that includes you know uh, uh, CEOs and, and CFOs in many cases of some of these startup companies certainly but a lot of uh, a lot of businesses um, you know, it, it, that fuels the panic. And uh, so, you know, do we, and, and if you, then you look at the pub, the general public and, and the uh, um, financial understanding is, is even worse, is way worse. So, you know, do we really have to revisit our education system? Yeah, that would be nice, but we're busy with other things. Um, so, but that would be good. And, and really to try and figure out you know, how do you reach out and how do you connect and stay connected with your customers uh, in, in ways that you hadn't imagined were going to be important before? Because all of a sudden now we have an example that it really, really is important that you, you know, it, see, there's there's this idea of of notion. I talk about it in, in the risk management side of the business. You know, when you're when you're doing risk assessments in, in IT or risk assessments in supply chain, and it's important to do that and to plan to address different kinds of risks. But I always tell them you have to, you know, you have to make deposits in the trust bank. And the idea there is that, um, you know, you have to let your, your executive team and your board of directors, and if you're the IT director, you have to let them know all the risks you identified and what you're doing to either mitigate them, to prevent things from happening, or how you're going to address them if they do. And that whole process of building trust is something that a bank that has large depositors like that, that where it can turn into a feeding frenzy, is they have to do that with their customer base. Well, Kevin, you're not um, on, on Wednesday. You're flying back, right? So on Friday, you're going to give us the solution to what happens when there's a bank run. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a solution, but you know, it is you know, I don't from a regulatory standpoint, I don't know how much you can limit what goes out the door. I think there are some limits as to how much cash that you can tell people they can and can't take all at once. Um, but it's not a good look, even if there are limits. I would agree. Kevin, thank you very much, buddy. Are you going to a game today or are you coming back? Uh, we are going uh, off-roading today. Uh, make sure you don't turn the thing upside down. The I am counting on my son and his big-ass Jeep to keep us safe. Uh, make sure that you're sitting in the Jeep and the Jeep is not sitting on you. Just saying. Uh, it's got a door. <laughs> it's got SB Futures <laughs> down. John, how about you hanging around for uh, Audrey because we had to talk about how this is going to affect uh, maybe some mortgage sure. stuff other places. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming we can get you both on Zoom at the same. Zoom is great. I mean, it sounds great. Uh, SP Futures down 19. NASDAQ Futures up 15. We were up. Now we're not. We're up huge last night, by the way. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Well, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures now down 23. They were, you see, these guys were up 38 last night when I went to bed at about 11.30. So this has been a, a huge turnaround here this morning. Uh, my, my stack of Dow stocks went from uh, pretty much a lot of green and a little bit of red to like all, uh, pretty much all red at this point. We've got the, uh, 
As a matter of fact, leading, leading down is Goldman Sachs, which is kind of weird. They're down 640. Um, we have the, uh, uh, well, you know, how about doing, can you do, uh, I got so much stuff open here. My machine is gagging. Traffic weather sports real quick, Matt, well, and I'll, and I'll. Yeah, well, good morning, everyone. It is a uh, 737 a.m. on March 13th, 2023. Uh, this morning in Chicago, partly cloudy. Right now, 29 degrees, a high of 34 later on. Currently, we're seeing some snow flurries uh, in downtown Louisville. Uh, tomorrow, expect similar weather with a high of 34 degrees and partly sunny skies. Right now in Phoenix, cloudy skies, 57 degrees currently, a high of 79 later on. Tomorrow, sunny skies and a heavy thunderstorm expected on Wednesday. In the NHL, Coyotes beat Minnesota Wild 5-4 last night. As well as that, Boston Bruins, currently in first place standing for the 2022-2023 season, uh, they lost to Detroit Red Wings last night. That was 3-5. Uh, in the NBA last night, Knicks beat Lakers. That was 112-108. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets beat Denver Nuggets in a close game, 122-120. And tonight, Phoenix Suns to play San Francisco Warriors. Game starts at 9 p.m. College basketball, Illinois to play Mississippi State in the first four of the NCAA Women's Championship. Game slated for tomorrow. Time still to be determined. So for now, Chief, back to you. To be determined. It's like the whole market here today. Yeah. Hey, last night, uh, Dow was up 400. Uh, Spoos were up 35, and the NASDAQ was up 100 and something. Well, right now, that's not the case. Like I said, the S&P Futures now have dropped 20 points while he was doing, he, Matt, was doing the uh, uh Traffic weather sports are down 33. Nancy is down 38. Dow's down 210. Last night it was up 350. I don't see um, the only thing I have up in the in the down now is uh, Amgen. Everything else is down. Down pretty heavy. CVX down 465. We've got JP Morgan, which uh, was up earlier. Now it's, now it's down 21 cents. I'm sorry, down 253. So it's down almost 2%. Over in Europe, we got heavy sell-offs here. DAX down 419, 2.7%. FTSE down 178, 2.3. Back around down 184, 2.6. Uh, banks are down uh, 6% after HSBC has, re- has rescued the Silicon Valley Bank UK part. I don't know how big of a chunk that is, but uh, they've they've bought that piece. So so they're evidently people don't like the deal or something. Over in Asia, a little bit different. The Nikkei is down 311, 1.1, but Hang Seng is up 376. That's almost 2%. And Shanghai is up 38, 1.2. So not as bad over there. Friday. The way review, Dow down 345, S&P down 56, NASDAQ down 199. That was two days in a row of, of pretty big sell-offs based on this situation. Uh, bonds, this is a huge move, 3.43, it's down 26 basis points. One down 30, 2.19. Japan uh, down 9 cents, 2.29. So, I mean, there's been, interest rates are, are collapsing here as bonds are going to the moon. Uh, flight to quality and whatever else. Oil down 396. It's 5%, 7272. People are thinking it's going to throw us into a bigger recession. Uh, Brent down 4 bucks, 489. These moves are like, like wartime, for God's sake. Natural gas unchanged, 243. We've got gold up 37 bucks, over 19, 1904. A big day for my people. I guess that part's good. Silver up a buck 12. That's 5.5%. We'll have so many calls in there. Copper down 8 cents, 3.94. We've got crypto. Up 9.11. Even crypto is kind of a, a shoot uh, value here. 22,106. I don't get that. And we have the U.S. dollar is uh, is down against the euro is 10, 10, almost on one back to 107, and the pound's back over uh, uh, 120, 1.209. Um, Matt, we already did traffic weather sports. We have Audrey and Jen. Yeah, we do indeed. Um, Audrey, how you how you how you sounding on your Zoom? Are you there? 
Do we have Audrey? We do have Audrey. Um, I, I thought I heard her for a second. There she was. Well, are you there? There she was. She's flopping. Do we have John? John, do we have John, you? do we have you? I'm here, Tom. We still have Jan. We'll go track us, track Audrey down, and we'll talk to Jan in the meantime. Um, Jan, what do you think? I mean, it's hard to even imagine what the day. I was really, sh- I was shocked. We were up last night, uh, but then, as the first thing they came out and said, everybody is going to be covered. But th- and then they said no shareholder money, blah blah blah. But this kind of moved. Is this going to set the Fed? Is this going to mean that they're going to start lowering rates again? I, I don't see it. But obviously, the pressure is being put on by. Somebody, I mean, uh, some people think it's Jamie Dimon or whatever. Um, kind of surprised Audrey is not getting in with the Zoom because Kevin, you guys are both on the Zoom and sounded great. Mm. Well, should, do we do we know where she is? Uh, uh, we have her right in the room, and her uh, mic is not muted. She should be there, and I I, I did hear for a second. So yeah, why don't you? Uh, uh, we'll try to work this out. All right, try and work that out. But so, Jan, what I mean, if, how far down the band? I mean, Kevin knows more than we do, but. You don't want to get that far down these banks' balance sheet. I mean, I mean, if everybody goes out and grabs, first of all, nobody knows what to do with cash anymore. I mean, what, I mean, what are you going to do? Nobody, nobody's going to. I, I think we have to let the system relax here a little bit. We know they've got bad stuff on the balance sheet. Some of the loans aren't so hot. Uh, I'm thinking some of the, certainly the jumbo real estate loans are Uh-oh. not the best. We got you now, Odd. You, you got us. All right. All right. You sound good. Thanks. We're, uh, matter of fact, this is uh, working out. We, we have John with us as well because you guys are going to educate us. And who, who, uh, well, now we're talking about these guys at 57. These guys, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you up to speed here. This this bank has uh, 57 billion dollars on their books of mortgage obligations, which is kind of a real lot. Now, what do you think that is? Do you think, well, both of you, you first, uh, what do you, do you think that's jumbos for all the people in the, in that area that have, you know, the, obviously the, the, the clients that they serviced and in Boston and other places, you think that's it's just a function of their clientele that they have that much on the Most banks send it off to uh, Fannie and Freddie, don't they? Well, it depends. I mean, if this is, they're supposed to be so specialized catering to their Silicon Valley, they may hold theirs, but that would be very, very unusual. But they may be holding their own and with the price of real estate out there, I would say there's a lot of them that are jumbos, but it's it's an interesting situation. Too bad Nancy's not around. We'll have to pick her brain when she comes home on that. Yeah, I mean, Jack- that is, uh, it, you know, it's it's very very uh, very interesting. But I will bet that they think all these people are going to do so great that they're holding portfolios that uh, maybe most people wouldn't sit on. What do you think, Jen? I mean, I think that's probably right there. It's it's probably a function. Good morning, Audrey. By the way, too. Good morning, uh, honey. Uh, I think it's a function of what Kevin was talking about with these um, exclusive banking agreements. That I would imagine a lot of these depositors um, have an agreement with you know Silicon Valley had an agreement that you know, certain officers or whatever positions in their company, all of their personal banking, including home mortgages, would be done with them. And this was a way of getting whatever preferential treatment they could give them at the business end, but was, you know, predicated on their giving them all their retail banking business too. So that this might be a, it's a somewhat distorted picture. It isn't like they were, they had the best, you know, deal for home loans, but given the jobs that these people had and where they were situated and where they did their business banking, 
it made sense for them to have their home loans there too. So there's probably a disproportionate share of the bank's portfolio in home loans. And, and like you said, big home loans, jumbo loans for, for successful people. Well, what have you been hearing? Uh, you and I talked about it a little bit. I think we might have mentioned it last week, Jen. That area, I mean, I, I, I was speaking for you a little earlier. The area you deal in, why does not restrict herself to Orland and Tinley in those areas and Palos, but that's kind of her hotbed, but she goes everywhere else on top of that. What, what have you seen? Maybe maybe a couple percent down in the prices? I mean, but you didn't, you didn't run up the million, $2 million a house either. But they're no. saying a massive drop in the... Silicon Valley, San Francisco area in the last six months. Yeah, well, that I, has I, a... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Audrey, please. Uh, I haven't seen... It's interesting. There's there's not been a drop here in houses that are in decent shape and priced right. There's an incredible amount of multiple offers and still going over list price. That being said, if you have a home that's not up to stuff, then... Uh, it's sitting and you're getting price reductions, but I personally have had three multiple offer situations in the past two weeks with things going over list price. But you're saying if the if the thing needs needs work and not move in ready, you can't give it away. Well, that's they're, you know, they're turning their nose up at it, but if it's pretty much ready to go, um, they're simply put here is if, if there's no inventory because people are not going to move and give up their three and a half percent mortgages, and now we have uncertain times, so you have an awful lot of people fighting over one item. What happens, uh, I guess this is more of a Nancy question, but you guys are, what, what, I mean, today we're having a, an incredible move in these in these prices, I mean, in terms of interest rates. What if somebody's going to close today at 7? What do you think the, what do you think the rate's going to be today? Five and a half well, at gonna, the end of the day? It's going to be what they locked. It's going to be whatever yeah. they locked. So they're already set that hey, they... Whatever you had, whether it's 2% or 10%, whatever you locked in is what you're getting. Yours is not going to vary. It's the people who haven't bought or, uh, so that they can lock the loan rate that are paying attention here. Um, well, both of you guys have that big old gold bar you've been keeping for 50 years. You made money on it today. Gold's up uh, 33 bucks. <laughs> it's over it's over 19 so so that that big gold earring you got john is you're rich now just saying yeah well maybe i can even go out and wear it and not be ashamed you know well, you, it's, what do you mean somebody be pulling it out of your ear today <laughs> hey, 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 hey give me that ear Get over here. <laughs> i think there is going to be pressure to you know cut rates and maybe more drastically than they might seem prudent and i don't know whether you know that's going to happen or not but I think you will hear that from a lot of quarters. Um, and I mean, that ultimately over time, that's what you'd want to see happen, I guess. Um, but I, I, I just don't know now if, there, if there's enough prudent heads around to prevent us from doing the, the same damn thing again, but just in the other direction and really screwing things up. Well, I, mean, I don't think they need to raise them at all. I, think, I don't think we're going to see a hike, at least. Uh, I bet we don't hike. For, for for the next one and possibly the other one. You know, they've shoved us in a precarious spot as it is, the Fed, and now with this on top of it, if they keep that up, we will be in a full-blown depression, not just the recession we're in already. Right. Well, I mean, and, every, and everybody will blame the increases, but in, in actuality, the blame was in the decreases, what we never should have done. Right. Because... You you don't you don't you don't put anybody in a, in a depression with rates at four and a half percent. Well, that's true. I mean, I mean, for a whole year, 
everybody's been sniveling and screaming from the, high, from the highest hill, oh, God, how can you raise the rates from 75 basis points? It's unconscionable. Yeah, we raised them from 0 to 0.75. Oh, yeah, well, I forgot about that part. I mean, really? I mean, we, we didn't even go, what, we and I were talking about it yesterday. What, we, we, didn't, we didn't go to mild, mildly restrictive until last November. Right. The whole time we were raising the rates, we were still in an, in an expansionary mode. So I got news for you. Even if you get there on two quick 75 basis point raises, percent and a half is, is expansionary, not contractionary. I mean, am I right, guys? I mean, uh, 1.5% really? <clears throat> I mean, why, why can't we just go for like a decade where the number's 3.5, like it's supposed to be? Mortgages are six. Everybody has some certainty in life. And everybody and everybody just chills and, and thinks about other stuff like making money and, and hiring people and doing the right thing. Why why, why is this the game? The, uh, the die was cast when when the rates were driven down to zero, Tom. Yep. And then, I mean, first and then the pandemic disaster with the helicopter money flying all over the place was was exactly the wrong thing to do, and the lockdowns were exactly the wrong thing to do. So I we, agree. What we sold here, you know. But now, we're, but, but yeah. the, you know, the idea of getting back to normal. Uh, you know, it, it, I guess it's it's a bitter. Can you can you imagine the the sniveling that went on the day the manna stopped from heaven? Do you think oh, it was- it's still going on? <laughs> and people are shocked that they still are getting free handouts or being able to rip off the government for uh, loans that they don't need. Do you think that was a good day for Moses? Yeah, <laughs> I, I never read the sequel to that story. I must say, I, I gotta believe the guy took so much bitch. <laughs> He probably he, you could have this leader job. <laughs> what happened to our manna? We need a new leader. Right? Yeah, we need a new yeah, we need a new leader. What happened to the baby? I gotta go actually go out and grow something. What the, what kind of deal is that? <laughs> just, I, you know, I, I what what just in general? I mean, uh, obviously, odd with your, I mean, uh, I mean, with John with all his hundred different bank accounts, the wealthy man that he is, and you with all the people you do business with. What what does this tell people? If you're just a regular schlump, which I guess we all sort of are, uh, what does it tell people about the banking system? About how could this even happen other than a movie? Well, I think that you, know, you, you look you look to the people who are running it. I think um, they basically don't have a clue. I don't know why Janet Yellen is still running around uh, in her job, but that's another story for another day, I'm sure. So it's um. I think for all the rest of us on looking, we're going. We're just watching the uh, train crash. Well, I mean, so what has uh, in Illinois? For those that aren't aren't from the Illinois area, and you know, obviously John's from Illinois as well. We still have we the people of Illinois have a tremendous amount of competition in the banking industry. We were the last state in the country to allow branch banking, right, John? And uh, yeah. and so we still have well within. A thousand yards of PTI down here. There's probably five banks, and I got to say, oh, in your neighborhood, how many small to mid-sized banks do you have? So if you pull into the, the, the drive-through today, and or all the other your friends and all the people you see, how many people are going to have going to walk, pull in the drive-through and say, I wonder if these guys are okay? I mean, how could you not? Well, I think you you have to you have to be aware of all possibilities because. It doesn't seem like anybody's looking out for a pod, you know, this possible again systemic failure. And I think that if you're a prudent person, you have to at least be aware of the possibility. And what are you going to do? So if you've got a couple million in one bank and they're uninsured deposits, I hope you think about that. Well, what do you think about it? I'm not going to. She happened to be 
Oh, I wasn't saying. I was going to say one of the ladies on CNBC was opining on Friday, and you make sure wonder how the hell she got the job. Although maybe maybe she's right, which is maybe that's how she, maybe that's how she got. Was opining about why do people even have money in these banks that the Fed won't bail out when you know they'll bail out the big guys? Duh. <laughs> Boy, that was uh, oh, okay. That's a, that was a. You're right. She shouldn't have that job. That's pretty stupid. But well, you know, is she I, right? I, are we saying hindsight's wonderful? No, but, is she, but I'm saying, is she, is she right? Are, is this a massive takeover that we're going to have four banks, just like in California, or some areas we don't have branch banking or didn't have it for a long time, uh, or did have it all right out of the gate? Maybe is 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 this a takeover by four banks? Well, I hope not, because that that's what we don't need. It's bad enough as it is. We need. It would be a great thing to bring back the the other way. Go bring back your little neighborhood savings and loan that we all grew up with. That you can go in and uh, actually talk to people who would. No, that that, that actually worked. Where people had their their money in the mortgage, the houses around them, and you paid. They paid you three, three and a half. The mortgage was six. Everybody was happy. You don't want that. Why would you want that, right, Jen? Well, why, why would you want we that relationship? It, people at the top don't want it. No, so I mean, is this is this another lesson that you shouldn't be that you need to be in Citigroup because the Fed's always going to take care of those guys or J.P. Morgan? I mean, is, is somebody sent me one of your uh, uh, whatever he says, a Durbin report or whatever, uh, Tyler Durbin stuff all that you sent me once. Oh yeah, the zero hedge, zero hedge, and all the guys talking about the biggest beneficiary of this is Jamie Dimon. His name's off the off the the Epstein front page, and oh by the way, they're going to pick up all these deposits. And they think he was encouraging people to pull money out of there. I don't know if he was or he wasn't. Peter Thiel seems to be the the knave people are talking about, right, John? Yeah. Well, I gotta say, you know, the, the, the people like to feel that there's somebody at the top who has looked ahead and can see risks that everybody should be worried about and can console you or give you encouragement to to see that everybody's kind of watching the store and you don't have to give up hope about this. But I, I got to tell you, when I saw Janet Yellen yesterday on television, looking looking like she just had the best meal of her life, looking like <laughs> nothing's going to bother her. And she was in Ukraine two weeks ago, and the Attorney General was in Ukraine, and Biden was in Ukraine. And who the hell was minding the store back here? <laughs> Jen, they, it's, it's always about, and I know my, my brother gives me no one to grief, as brothers do, regarding me being kind of too hard on these guys. Okay, but you know what? Their job is is the next crisis, not the one before. To hire more regulators, to get all, all over people's, you know, behind about stuff that happened before. It's all, it's the next one. I mean, two thousand and eight. How did you not notice two thousand and seven that people were borrowing basically a bleep load of money in Japan at two percent, investing in mortgages here in six? You and I and Audrey, we 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 don't have privy to those 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 flows of money. The Fed does. How could you not see that this is not this is a problem? I mean, that, I mean, I don't know what you do about it necessarily, but, but how you stop it or how you retire it. But, but some of those mortgage portfolios weren't even mortgages; they were synthetic because there there was more demand than there were mortgages. So now right, this and the regulators were supposed to be spotting that were in on it too. Yeah, well, they, so now this time you've got okay, you got a bunch of banks. It looks like their balance sheet, even on federal stuff, isn't so hot. Now, are you going to make people gradually mark this to market, and everybody have to raise more cal- capital? How do you tell the entire system to raise that the, your federal bonds are really worth twenty percent less than you thought they were, and we got to recapitalize the entire banking system? There's an announcement I don't want to give people, you know. But but at some point you got to you got to through the back alley or the back channels, back alley. What's the difference, south side? 
you've got to find a way to up to up some of the some of the reserves people have just in case. But I I don't I don't know that, that these guys even even thought that there was going to be a run on some of this stuff. Maybe orchestrated, maybe not. Where were they? They were asleep again, in my opinion. And yet they are all the time. And we're going to have, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren coming out saying that that they we need more money for regulation. No, we got enough people. We got enough money. They just got to do the job. I think. I mean, is it? I think there's plenty of regulations and nobody understanding. <clears throat> excuse me, their job. And I probably missed this earlier when you guys were talking, but to Tom's point over the weekend is. When was the last time at that bank they did mark their assets mark to market? I they don't. would love to know that. I would love to know that. Well, why do you think every insurance company has the same bonds? We're talking about bonds that were. I'm not. You know, they were. They were the price of the day. I'm not faulting anybody for buying them, but you had to know that if interest went the other way for a while, these things are going to be sitting on your balance sheet, work, uh, worth a lot less than you paid for them. If you had to get rid of them, now if you hang into them, I know for 30 years, you're going to get your money back from the government. We hope. Or we think we we certainly hope, uh, but in the meantime, now is is every insurance company marketing them to market? I I don't I doubt it. I mean I know if I you're think you heard on the uh, the blurb on the news that apparently uh, at that bank they had no risk manager for for three or four months. The guy left, and so who, who's minding the store? The risk manager was a lady who worked for the Fed, and she worked for a couple other places. She's got a humanities degree. Yeah, but then, but nobody they were risk they were risk manager risk you know there was nobody there so who who was even watching the numbers? Everybody's everybody's busy doing God knows what. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's kind of crazy. You need a risk manager for time. There's no risk. Yeah. Well, that's that's. Oh God, I was in I was at a uh, a uh, big big firm. I won't say Avian Amro. Uh, it wasn't it was somebody like that. Uh, the, the risk manager came out and talking about volatility. So the attorney asked her, define volatility. She goes, there was all kinds of volatility in that, in that era, so therefore we had problems with you know the risk and blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, define volatility. And she says, well, you know volatility. And he goes, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't define the word by the word. I mean, what is it? And he, said, and he says, you said there was a lot. What's normal and what was then? Well, it was just there was a lot. Well, no, wait, wait a minute. Is, is the volatility usually 22 and it was 50? Or was it 100? Was it 32? Was it 12? And when you say it was more than normal, give me a number. And, what, and, and when you say it was more volatile than usual, what's usual? And she was looking at him like he had three heads. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know what you, you know, don't throw the words around if you can't define them. Right. I mean, it's a, but oh, you, you know. No, I don't know. You, I'm, I'm just an attorney. You tell me. You're supposed to know. <laughs> this conversation, I'm listening to it going, this can't be happening. Yeah, I, you know, but then again, I don't, I don't really think, Jan, in their defense, there is a bank anywhere right now that's set up for a run. And why would you be? Well, first thing you do is call the regulators or the Fed, I would think. So somebody higher up who can quell the rage or still the waters should be brought in immediately. But I don't think anybody is really thinking that that can't happen anymore. And I guess maybe it's a good thing that we realize just how fragile and overconfident everything is. The Fed's and having an emergency meeting today. You think they uh, drop rates? I bet they do. How much? Half? Half? I bet a half. Well, that would be really something if they back off on this. Well, and just when they're trying to attract depositors, too. 
as I just was going through the store yesterday. Like a fire sale? Well, I'm looking at, at the, the inflation. Thirty, you know, uh, what I send you guys? Thirty percent or thirty-five percent of all cars were sold over list last year. I mean, we 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 we, we can't stop on the inflation fight, uh, and yet I think they're going to. Anyway, thank you both. You sound great on the Zoom, and both and it seems like you can both hear each other a lot better as well. It's much clearer. I like it. it. Sounds great. All right, guys, thank you very much. Matt, nice job. SP Futures down 30, NASDAQ Futures down 56. We've been all over the place. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Time to time, everyone goes bust. You'll be back in the game before you know it.